Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack the little locomotive called freight train Freddy. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Getting on Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and we're here Wednesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time, and we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. You out of town is that's just the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And uh, that little ditty you heard was Freight Train Freddy from the book of the same name that I wrote. It's a rhyming children's story about a 19th century steam engine as he goes through his daily route in the Old West. And um, the singer and writer of that song is is uh, Peter Tazone. Peter is also the illustrator of the book. And he just, uh, Peter draws some gorgeous pictures. He has his own website as well, PeterTazone.com. Uh, and if you'd like to see some of the beautiful pictures that Peter drew, read some of the rhyming verse that I wrote, you can go to FTFCreations.com. That's FTF as in Freight Train Freddy Creations. Dot com. You could buy the uh, e-version of the book for two ninety nine with a Kindle or iPad, and the iPad version also has the complete song by Peter, as as you heard. And um, you could also get uh, purchase the uh, soft cover version as well. There, uh, we have a call-in number. If someone would like to call in, uh, welcome call-ins to talk about depression and, you know, any questions you have or any any comments you want to make about it or uh, if someone wants to question uh, my approach and how I came to it, uh, please, please do. The call number is 1-347-215-9456. We're only looking for truth here. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I, I haven't come by this uh, just you know off the top of my head. This is 20 years of research, uh, finally healing myself, and then applying it to others whom I healed, and studying and uh, researching. So uh, any information here is is gotten by research and analysis. But I'm very happy to uh, take any questions or uh, thoughts about it. So we can get it to truth. Anyway, today we're going to talk about depression, everything you should know but probably never asked. And on the show, I, your host and emotional healing practitioner, will uh, answer these questions. What, and perhaps others, if we have time, what is true depression? Why you can't out with depression? Why depression is not hereditary? What is depression's on and off switch? Why do so many 
sufferers have a new term, actually, for me, refractory depression. I mean, I knew this phenomenon existed. I didn't know there was a term for it, actually. Refractory depression means that people who who do not respond to traditional methods and treatments, and I've spoken to many people who have this problem. They're they're, uh, medicated up the wazoo, and uh, but they still are suffering. So I guess they'd fall under this category. I just didn't know there was a, a word for it. Uh, okay, why the nature of depression eludes the medical community and the uh, true link between suicide and depression. Uh, I'm going to you know, just talk extemporaneously for the most part. I may be reading a little from the website as well as we go along. So let's get started. Why do I use the term true depression? Well, the problem is that depression, and this goes back to why the medical community, you know, uh, is not clear on what it is, and everyone else, of course, because they're the ones primarily who tell us what it is. Those people in the the psychotherapeutic community, the psychologists, and the uh, clinical social workers and other uh, uh, practitioners. So they're not sure what causes it. They're not sure exactly what it is, why it comes and goes. And uh, I'm not even, they know there's a link between suicide and depression, but they don't understand exactly why that is. I'm going to get into all of that. So true. Dep- I use the term true depression because Unfortunately, uh, depression is used so often in so many different contexts, um, you know, that it it, it, it it becomes quite confusing just on the surface. I mean, you might say, I got up, I felt depressed today. Or you might say, you know, I have some bad news, I hope it doesn't make you feel depressed. Or, you know, your favorite uh, ball club, you know, just uh, just lost, you might you know, feel bad about that or depressed about that or whatever it might be. Um, So the word gets diluted, the term gets diluted, but there is a very specific thing. Again, that's why I call it true depression. And even even the professionals uh, confuse mood disorders with depression. And uh, that's a big problem. Because a mood disorder is is a symptom of depression. It is not the the cause of depression. Okay? And this gets into a lot of reasons why people don't respond to uh to medication and, and those kinds of things. Um so mood disorder could could be caused by uh chemical imbalance in the brain or Psychological, psychological problem, physical problem in the brain could be caused by a number of things, not necessarily depression, okay? But it looks the same to the practitioners, and that's the main basis of the confusion. Okay, therefore... Therefore... Um, therefore a number of in, in a number of cases, 
And I heard a doctor saying, well, depression is easy to cure. You just give someone medication. Well, sure, if they have a mood disorder, it's not that big a deal because a mood disorder is much more likely to respond positively to medication because a mood disorder is most often caused by a chemical imbalance. And medication works with chemical imbalance in the brain. But if you have true depression, okay, then there's something else going on. And that mood swing, down moods, what looks like a mood disorder, has a driver involved, something that's driving it forward. And, again, it looks like, you know, it does cause bad moods. It causes down moods, but it causes much more than that. And anyone who is a, who is depressed or could ask someone who is depressed will tell you there's more to it. It makes you feel like killing yourself. <laughs> That's why people who have depression commit suicide, unfortunately, much, much, much more often than ones who people who don't. Um, and I'm willing to bet, uh, you know, there's terrible news about these two people on on uh, television who were interviewing somebody, the photographer and the interviewer, were murdered by this uh, horrible person who subsequently took his own life but took these innocent people with him. I will bet a million dollars, well, not literally, I don't have a million dollars, but I'll bet anything that person suffered from depression. Okay, I don't know enough about him, we don't know enough about him. But I will find out. That person probably did. And he wanted to take his own life, and he had a grudge against these people or and against the studio, and unfortunately he did that as well. It's a heinous, heinous thing to do. Bad enough to take your own life, but to take other people with you. Anyway, the depression has a driver that drives you towards wanting to kill yourself. Okay, and part of doing that is to make you feel down and low and horrible. And that looks like a mood disorder. It looks like a very bad mood. Okay, but it, to everybody on the outside, it looks like that. And I guess people who who experience it don't know the difference. But that's what it is. There's something driving it. And the thing that's driving it specifically is a death wish. Okay? That is what it is. Depression is caused by a death wish. Uh, it's caused by an emotional trauma. In fact, I'm just adding this to my website uh, as we speak. That is emotional trauma and depression. Uh, depression is caused by an emotional trauma on or about the time of birth and in almost all cases uh, in very young children. Although I, I did work with a person who who uh, who got it when he was 14, uh, he told me specifically he's a uh, from a, from uh, Australia. I worked with him on Skype, and he told me specifically when he was 14, he wanted to die. He had a death wish, and from that day on, he had depression. Okay, and thank God I cured it for him and helped him. You know, uh, function now, uh, whatever, uh, 20-something years later. He's in his late 30s now. Anyway, so the person has emotional trauma, and the emotional trauma is caused by uh, being not wanted, okay, by 
by your parents or one or more parents, and uh, that would cause so that would cause a great uh, trauma for a, a, a newborn baby uh, not being wanted, and they know it. They're very intuitive babies. Anyone who's had a child knows that. They know that, and uh, they decide, I don't want to go on living not being wanted. Or something else, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be exactly that they're not wanted, but something about life that just makes them feel they don't want to go on, something that frightens them horribly, and and they don't feel they could survive very well, and they decide to go back to that beautiful place they came from. And in order to do it, they have to die. So they give an instruction to their subconscious mind to say, I want to die, and that instruction stays in their mind for for a lifetime unless and until we reverse it, which is what I help people do, and then they're free. Most people don't know about that, so they just go on with it, fortunately, until they die, and they suffer from depression until death. Um, Episodes can come and go for various reasons, for various times, frequencies, durations, and severities, but that's what happens. So I call it true depression because the driver uh, is a death wish, which causes depression, and it's not just a mood disorder. It's more than that. So why you can't out with depression? You can't out with depression. I took a long time with the first one. I'll try to move along a little, but I touched on some of the other answers. If someone would like to go into more depth, just email me, uh, paul at depressivesanonymous.org. Just uh, go to the website. You can click on depressivesanonymous.org. It's right on the announcement, and you can get to my uh, uh, email, paul at depressivesanonymous.org, and I will be happy to answer your question. Or you can call me at 845-425-6389. I'm on the East Coast. So please respect, you know, the time zone. Um, and I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Anyway, uh, you can't out with depression. Why? Because when you're having an, a depressive episode, since you gave this instruction, it's in your brain. Your brain knows where you're going. It tries to keep you in this mode. It tries to kill you. It literally tries to kill you. Because you tell it, I want to die. And it's... The subconscious does not make value judgment. It just takes orders. If you tell it that, it will try to execute it, just like a computer. A computer just does what you tell it, okay? It's very, very similar. It's a great analogy. And I know I was a computer programmer for many years. I know how computers work. And uh, just like a computer, the uh, the operator computer whoever that might be. Now everyone has one. When I was in computers many, many years ago, you know, we didn't, everybody didn't have one. It was just professionals that work with them. But regardless, the person who has runs the computer makes a decision just like the person's conscious mind makes a decision, gives the instruction to the unconscious mind or the operator gives the instruction to the computer and the computer carries it out the way it's told to, without making any judgment. 
So when the child says, I want to die, it's going to try to kill you. And it puts you in this horrible, horrible down mood. And it tries to keep you from getting out of it. No matter how you try, it's like, you know, a, a horror movie. You know, every time you turn a corner, that, that, uh, that you know, uh, horrible creature is waiting for you because it knows. Your brain is in the same brain. It knows where you're going to be. So every time you try to think your way out of it, it you know, it beats you there. And um, you can't get out of it until something happens to throw you out uh, of that mode. Uh, Tony Robbins, who, you know, I took his course, I did the firewalk and all that, talked a lot about it, is knocking you out of that mode. And that's true. Once you're knocked out of that mode, then, you know, the the uh, episode ends. You can get yourself out of the mode by just moving, doing something, even though it knows that that gets you out of it. And when you have an episode, it's the last thing you want to do is to start moving and getting busy on something else. But if you make yourself do it, and you do it little by little, it's much easier that way. Do something simple, make the bed, wash your face, take a shower, brush your teeth, wash the dishes, walk the dog, whatever it might be. And little by little, once you get the momentum going, you can knock yourself out of it. So get busy. So that's why you can't out with it, because it, it knows where you're going. Why depression is not hereditary. That's very interesting. You know, people, now they don't say for sure it's hereditary because they don't know, and it's not. <laughs> you know, but it's just an assumption. Because, you know, like in my case, my father had depression very badly, much worse than I did, and I have it. But I did not inherit it from him, and all my brothers did not have depression. Okay, and the ones that did, did not inherit it from him. Uh, they just figured, well, it, you know, if someone in your family has it. But it, it's just the same as saying I broke, my father broke his arm, you know, during his lifetime, and I did, and I, that's a herit, and hereditary. No, it's not. Um, because I just told you how, how depression has gotten, it's gotten by an emotional trauma in birth. And your birth has nothing to do with your father's birth. His parents wanting him and not wanting him or having some fear is completely unrelated to to your situation. So it's just a coincidence. That's all it is. And uh, anybody that tells you it's hereditary, just say to them, post hoc ergo proctor hoc, which is Latin, for this follows that, therefore this causes that. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's an untruth, okay? It, it, it's something that's not true. It just seems to be because, it, and any time you you know test something, you have to know the cause and effect. Not that something, you know, you open your door and it starts to rain. You didn't cause the rain, right? It's because the rain followed you leaving your house. All right. Uh, obviously, it's a silly example, but. You know, a lot of times people think things cause something just because they follow. Not necessarily. You have to show a causality that this literally caused that, you know, by testing it and so on. But anyway, that's why it's not hereditary. All right? Um, what is the on or off switch of depression? Well, it's very simple. Thank God. Uh, the on switch of your depression is this death wish that, you 
that you created uh, because you were rejected by your parents or some other horrible thing happened and uh, you got had a fear you weren't going to survive and the uh, simple uh, the simple solution is just changing the instruction and that's what I show people how to do I show them how to change that instruction and boom it's gone all right and that's uh, that's the first thing I do in healing depression the second is uh, heal the emotional trauma that caused it and uh, that's what I do I'm emotional healer emotional healing practitioner I heal emotional trauma and I I use my own method to do that heal the trauma and then we work on you know making the mood uh, helping your moods but that has become part of part of it you getting into those down moods and it becomes habitual and we have to help you change that habit so that's that's the last part of the process so uh that's the on off switch oh why many people suffer from refractory depression in other words don't respond to traditional methods of treatment i i covered that because the people mostly mostly you know some people have depression can respond not impossible but a number, a great number don't. I've spoken to them, people that haven't. And obviously it's recognized. That's why they have a name for it. And that's because, you know, typically it's easy to respond when it's only a mood disorder, as I pointed out. But when it's not, then you have a driver, this death wish, that's trying to overcome the medication. So there's a battle going on. You know, it's just like you get... If you drink a lot, you know, it's hard to get high and you need more and more alcohol because the body is fighting it, you know, to, to that that thing. And it's the same thing here. You know, you get used to it and um, that you get used to eventually that uh, medication and your, your, death, your brain is trying to overcome that medication because it was told to do that. And uh, it's often quite successful. It's very, it's very, uh, uh, it could find ways to do it. It's very uh, resourceful, the word I'm looking for. It's very resourceful. And it has your whole brain to work with, and it finds ways to overcome. That's why a lot of people don't respond to, me- to traditional medication. Uh, why the nature of depression eludes the medical community? Again, mostly what I've said, because they think it's just a mood disorder. And uh, believe me, I don't blame them for not knowing otherwise. I found I fell into it quite by accident in a way. I was looking for the answer. I just realized somehow that since I wake up and I'm depressed, you know, and I said, how could that be? And, you know, maybe it was just intuition that led me there. It's like my intention was to solve this problem. I worked on it for many years, and I'm good at solving problems and figuring things out. My next thought was, it was, oh, it's a habit. Well, if it's a habit, I said to myself, a habit could be changed by making a decision to change it, which I did, and boom, that was that, you know. And as far as knowing it's a death, caused by a death, which someone told me. 
one of the people I worked with at a workshop I had, a person who suffered from depression, told me she remembered being born and being rejected by her parents and wanting to die. Okay, I didn't make this up. <laughs> and once I was onto it, it made a lot of sense. I put it all together. And, you know, there's a lot, lot more to it. Um, how it works and how when we do want to die and people die even when they're older like old, very old people they lose their spouse oftentimes to want to die my mother she had terminal illness and uh, she died like in a week or two and it wasn't from the cancer because the doctor told me six months minimum and she got uh, treatment two years but she told me she said, you know, she said, Paul, Paulie, she called me. You know, I had enough. She was almost 90. She was ready to die. And she said she wanted to die, and she did. And a friend of mine told me her mother did the same thing. Her mother was in her 90s and uh, had a bad uh, mental disorder, you know, had uh, Alzheimer's or something. And the woman was sharp as a tack. I, mean, I knew the woman. I met her a couple of times. God, she was 93. She looked like she was 73. Oh, full of life. And then she got this terrible, you know, mental thing. Uh, and she didn't, she she was used to a good quality of life. And she said to her daughter, who was a friend of mine, I don't want to live anymore like this. And boom, she was dead, just like my mother, within a week or so. Dead. So there's a mechanism, you see, that allows us to die. And that's what happens with these children when they have a death wish and they get crib death or sudden infant death syndrome. But somehow some of them survive. I can't really tell you why exactly they do. There were some theories about it. You know, maybe they pampered and they changed their mind. Uh, maybe it just, you know, their soul says, it's not your time. You know? And my mother always said, when your number was up, it's up. If it's not, it's not. And maybe they just, you know, uh, their soul, you know, said, no, we're not dying. <laughs> and, um, but they did, the instruction was still there. All right? They didn't know to change the instruction. And as I say, the subconscious just holds it. All right? They went on living, but the instruction somehow stayed. And uh, that's that caused that depression. Um, well, let's talk about the link between uh, suicide and depression. There's a definite link, you know. It's not, most people would think, oh, the guy's depressed, so he killed himself. It's not that simple. People, just because they they feel down, don't kill themselves that, simple, that easily. But if you have depression, unfortunately, as I well know, and anyone who has it, knows as well it's trying to kill you you feel like dying that's why people who suffer from depression often have thoughts of death and suicide and unfortunately some do kill themselves because it's pushing you in that direction and it's making your brain feel like killing yourself it just has a way of doing that it, it makes everything look horrible and then you feel uh, helpless and hopeless which is a great term well, not great in that it's good, but an appropriate term for anybody who suffers a depressive episode. Because if you feel uh, uh, hopeless and helpless, 
what more could you do? You just end it, you know. I mean, you know, even Dante in the in his Dante's Inferno said, "All who enter, you know, the 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 gates of hell, you know, abandon hope. All the who, you know, I'm not quoting verbatim. All ye who enter, abandon hope. You know, when you have no hope and you feel helpless, well, what is there? You know, there's nothing left, and uh, that's what." drive some people, unfortunately, to take their own life. So there's a direct link here. It's not just feeling bad. It's a direct link and driver. And if you look it up on the internet, you'll find that many people, great, great majority of people who kill themselves, are depressed. So there's much more on my website. If you care to look at it, go to depressivesanonymous.org. That's D-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-V-E-S-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S dot org. And you can, you know, check it out. So thanks for listening. Uh, I'll, I won't uh, be having a show next week. I'll be taking a week off, but the following week I will. So uh, thanks for listening. And we're going to go out with Freight Train Freddy by... Uh, Peter Tizone. Thanks much. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready. Get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack A little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady he never knew oh, what to expect and was very careful, careful not to wreck. Not to wreck. A little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. Freddy. A little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. So, folks, if you want to check it out, Go to FTF as in Freight Train Freddy, creations.com. FTF creations.com. Thanks, folks. Bye.